Today, we're going to be talking about the crisis at the border. We're also going to be talking about the day in the life of a music therapist. I'm Joe. I'm Josh. You've got questions. You're feeling grounded. I feel famous right now, guys. (laughs) You are famous, man. (laughs) Out of the three of us, you're the most famous. (laughs) Welcome to Feeling Grounded with your hosts, Josh and Joe. Are you going to toast it? Yeah, let's toast it. Chris, you got a drink? Yeah, I have water in my Spider-Man cup. Oh, water again. Every (laughs) single guest at this point, our second one has has water. Nice. Very cool. Stay hydrated. Stay Mm. hydrated or dehydrate. <laughs> Our next guest at Feeling Grounded Podcast, he's an ace of hearts because he works at the creative arts. Please welcome Chris, a music therapist. All right. <laughs> Thanks. That was solid. So, how's it going, guys? How's everybody's week? Solid. Tired. Nothing, nothing terrible to report. A little tired. <laughs> long. How's it long, Chris? Man, I sound depressing. Ah, you know, it's been tiring and long. And, uh, you know, I'm just like, I think it's post-COVID right now. So, mm. you know, like, we're just kind of just like, when I say we, I mean myself and my wife, we're just like ready to like do something else. Cause it feels like we've been inside forever. Yeah. So like the weeks are just like, oh, okay, now what? Summer's coming around. What does that mean? Can we get together with people? Do we do normal things like what does that look like you know so yeah, we're just crazy. like all right let's get out of this rut but how do we get back to life to normalcy not even normalcy but whatever post-covid we'll keep calling the new normal for that yeah. but uh yeah i feel you i feel like it's it's we're seeing the light though you know i feel like we're, we're almost there after the big announcement yesterday with or two days ago with two days ago yeah just cdc about. saying you, can, mm-hmm. you don't need a mask which i'm super stoked about but yeah. i just hope they enact it you know but, um, there are going to be certain businesses, I'm sure, that will issue certain statements yeah. and keep their signs up, like still keep a mask on. Yeah, I saw this morning though. It was like Costco, Walmart, and like a lot of these big places say you don't need to wear a mask if you're oh uh, really vaccinated. Yeah, wow. interesting. Because you know, if it's true, if it's you're not going to get it, or you know, it's way the chances are way down there if you get vaccinated. Then I mean, why not? It's the point of the vaccination. Mm-hmm. Are true. they still going to ask for vaccine passports or not um, vac- the, the uh, vaccine cards? Yeah. cards? Probably, probably. I imagine. They're talking about it. Oh, go ahead. You can still like easily duplicate like those cards though. It's literally just like a cardboard piece of paper, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, no, you can easily Some people are talking about like getting like a laminate, like a barcode, like a barcoded thing. You can like beep it as you come in. It's just crazy. Yeah. That's very Orwellian. Yeah. Yeah. I laminated my vaccine card just because right. I'm extra nice. like that. And someone offered, do you want it laminate? I'm like, what I hate is it's, it's not free. big enough to fit in your wallet. It's like too yes. big. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you can easily just take a picture. size of the wallet. <laughs> <laughs> I know, literally, you couldn't could make a it a little bit smaller. I can fit it. In. <laughs> That's too good. too good. So what does normalcy look like this summer, Chris? Yo, I don't even know. So typically what a normal summer looks like is like, Lots of time with family, mm-hmm. and lots of traveling, lots of time on the road. So that means going to different states, seeing different people, doing those different things. Now, as of last year, right, that was frowned upon. Like, you can't just go to different states and see different people and do different things. 
So now we're like, all right, well, things are kind of getting back to normal, what we've done in the past. So let's do that. Let's go to different states, see people do different things. But then it's like, all right, are those people comfortable with that? Like, are we comfortable with that? Like, you know, not that we care too much about that, but it's like, is that, so, is that frowned upon still? Like, do we do that? So it's like, oh, still so many questions. Like, what do I, what do, I do? So I don't know. I guess a lot of people's perception of the situation, like I think a lot of people are tired because it's been over a year at this point. Um, I'm sure you still have some Karens out there who will um, be a lot more uh, keen to keep it the way it was. <laughs> right. Well, I feel like, you know, it's, it's amazing how polarized everyone is. And I feel like this past couple of years, well, year, two years, have, we've really seen like how intense people can be and how they're everyone's kind of at each other's throats about stuff and um this is just a great example of, of that too like should we stay should we not like who's more you know lenient with things who's really hardcore about stuff and so it's just just kind of crazy i feel like no matter what someone's gonna get pissed off regardless of whatever decision you make yeah so just you do you Make it happen. Yeah, just don't be stupid. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, but yeah, don't be stupid. Yeah, actually, That's it. yeah, there you go. That's it. That's all yeah, be need. smart. Be smart. Don't put that be on st- your coffee cup. Just don't be stupid. Yeah. Don't be <laughs> stupid. I'd buy a coffee mug with that on it. Honestly, yeah, let's, let's sticker. Do it. some bumper let's sticker. Yeah. Yeah, don't be stupid. Yeah. Don't be stupid. Yeah. yeah. As if it's like a choice. I mean, for the most part, yeah. it is a choice. <laughs> at, for the most part, it is. Well, oh yeah, that's a good point. And I, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I get what you're saying there. Yeah. Well, you can think more. <laughs> yeah. Just take a second. Everyone just relax. Take a second. This take is what I think. I think we should, this summer should be like mandated countrywide vacation. I think like the month of August, like no one should do anything. Like everyone wow, should that's... be allowed to just go wherever they want. There's no have to work. Just go Florida like, will be very angry at you, Josh, because their their school starts like August fifteenth, I think, right? Oh, well, before school. Yeah, and talk about the traffic. Holy moly! <laughs> the entire nation took a vacation, man. Yeah, that's true. People probably get happy. I think. But, yeah, that's what we need. We just need a blanket of happiness on the entire nation. Just, just a warm, right blanket. Warm on top warm of a warm blanket. summer. <laughs> It's a warm blanket. That guy needs a warm blanket. Tear him up. Have you ever had like a, a warm fleece blanket? Like ever put on like a warm fleece blanket in the middle of the summer? It is gross. It sounds gross. It could sound gross. I can't even imagine. I hate the heat to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> I'd much For- rather be cold personally. I'm like a, a hate sleeping in like your own filth. What? Uh, yeah, it sounds pretty gross. <laughs> yeah. Sounds pretty gross. There is one person watching this podcast. They're like, "That's the dream." <laughs> the way you said that was too good. I, <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> I love sleeping in filth. Oh gosh. Okay. Because <laughs> there are people like that. I'm, I'm sure. Because you've ever oh, seen. Because yeah, if you've yeah. ever seen uh, my strange addictions, you know that one person eating their mattress, <laughs> one person eating like sand. Um, some other weird ones that escape me. It's time for Happy Crappy. Like Chris has a 
crappy he wants to talk about first or happy i don't know so do i talk about both at the same time or just one we'll feel it out yeah. okay so happy crappy crappy for the week so i love my job it's a great job love what i do but it's very exhausting very stressful um because i'm working with people all day and you know people are flawed and have a lot of issues going on so it can be a lot and i get very exhausted i feel like today it kind of shows like my eyes are like very squinty right now it's like i'm like barely uh, <laughs> i feel like i'm barely like awake even though i woke up like four hours ago but um yeah it's just when the weekend hits i get like kind of slammed in the face like my body's like yo chris you gotta like sleep take some vitamins i don't know Get those Fred Flintstone vitamins, which are very yeah. good, but mm-hmm. maybe for your children. But, you know, <laughs> I just kind children? of recuperate. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. Stay a child as long as you can. Kid at heart. That's what's up. There you go. That's right. But, yeah, it's just exhausting. Um, exhausting job, but I like it a lot. That's the situation. Mm-hmm. But um, there's always a high chance for burnout, and I recognize that. You know, because like obviously being a counselor, working with all these people, doing those things, um, it's always on the back of my mind. I'm always like ready. I was like, I could burn out any moment, but then that makes me more anxious. Like, oh my gosh, like I'm like, uh, so I'm always on edge. So just gotta take it easy, take it light, you know. Mm, yeah, one day at a time. One day at a time. Yeah, I tell people that all the time. time. Yeah. All the time. One hour, one second at a time. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah, I tell people that all the time. It's funny, you know, you always run into situations where you feel like you tell people certain things, but then you don't live that out. It's like, hey, just like one day at a time, just take it easy. And then you're like in your own mind, like, oh my gosh, like freaking out, like thinking about three weeks in advance and like whatever. It's just like, you know, we're all our own worst hypocrites, right? Yeah. yeah. Something to that. Yeah. So what do you do to like unwind after like a rough day? What's your like go-to thing? Man, what is my go-to thing to unwind? Honestly, just coming home to my wife is like literally the best thing. Very thankful for that, to have someone to come home to, to Mm -hmm. just be like, man, today was crazy. Give a good hug and like whatever. So I'm very blessed in that regard. Um, But I do like to play video games, Mm -hmm. which I did give up at one point for like a month and a half, but then fell back into it. Um, So sometimes a little bit too much. So I like to play like time waster games, like uh, like multiplayer, online multiplayer games, mm-hmm. solid time waster games. Like, oh, I have like an hour here. I'm just going to play this. And you end up like playing it for like two hours. You're like, no, like this is, what have I done with myself? I've been sitting like a couch yeah, potato. You, you, I, you know? I know that. I know that grind. You feel like crap yeah. afterwards. I, I've gone away from the video game grind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you try, you're like, all right, like well, maybe I can do something more productive. Maybe I'll like read a book, which I like reading. I've been getting into reading, but like. Just the thought of picking up and reading a book seems like extra work because I was like, oh, I got it. My mind. Yeah, because you're stretching your down. mind instead of just turning it off. I can understand that. When yeah, you're yeah. These days. I wish there was just a switch. You could just be like, all right, let's just not think for a little bit. Flick, you know, whatever. Turn that off for a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, I've been trying to get back into exercising, nice. which is, which would be great. Um, but. I'm noticing after work, right? When you get back from work, you're like, you don't want to do anything. So I'm like, all right, maybe I'll do it in the morning. I'll be one of those people that like wakes up like you know, five thirty, six o'clock, but I can never get up. Like, I try. Yeah. Just... It's hardest when you start. Try. It really is tough when you yeah. start. Uh, well, I'm, I'm the same exact way. Like the second that 
for a long time, I tried to, you know, either way, I would on the way home, but then the second I would get home, if I didn't go straight to the gym after work, mm-hmm. then it just wouldn't happen. I would sit on the couch and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Or in the morning, yeah, I just couldn't could never wake up. So the thing that I found that worked for me was, yeah, as soon as I was done with work, I brought a change clothes to work, I changed, and then mm. I went straight to the gym on the way home, and then just was there for an hour, hour and a half, and then went straight home. That worked for me for know, like six months or something. Mm-hmm. So. That's smart. Yeah, that's actually a pretty solid idea. That way you're already like, by the time you leave, you're already like, all right, well, I'm already yeah, dressed, you're, I'm ready you're to, good go. to go. Like, yeah, like I had my day, and now I'm just going to exercise. And, mm-hmm. and the schedule right now is kind of fluid josh right yeah that's what makes it tough like to like when am i gonna do it yeah yeah i this year i haven't worked out in like a good solid year or so except like during covid time was like when i was able to get back into it because i was home mm-hmm. um yeah yeah it, it's it's tough if you have like a solid routine that's the thing is i was working eight to three um at guitar center six to three and so i would just every three o'clock go straight to the gym i was close mm-hmm. by and then just get home by five and i did that mm-hmm. monday through friday um yeah, if it's if it's not like a solid routine, then it's easy to go by the wayside. Josh is the pull up king. <laughs> maybe one. I used to be. Maybe probably can't even. Yeah, I can't do pull up. How many pull? Yeah, how many pull ups makes you the pull up king? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. Leave it in the comments, people. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, in my senior year of high school are we would do like challenges and competitions in the weight room. And there was one where you would try to get as many reps as you could with the bare bar, um, like bench pressing. It was no, no weight on it. And you do as much as you can in one minute. And I set the record. I forget what the number was, but I like got the most out of anybody. I could see you right after that, just like yelling the biggest Tarzan scream. Ah! <laughs> I've never seen Josh ever make that 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 face, but I can only imagine like how glorious it was. I was a meathead, but I wasn't that kind of meathead. So mm, <laughs> yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah, you ripped off your shirt and everything, right? Like, it was yeah. already ripped to begin with. He prepared for that already moment. ripped. <laughs> it's just for a ripped shirt. No, no. Uh, cool. Baby, let it rip. So Beyblade. Oh, whoa. Yo, Beyblade. Yo, 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 middle school. Yo, that was such a thing. <laughs> weren't cool if you didn't have a Beyblade. We had, with like the big and they never arena. worked. Like you... Yeah, they never worked. <laughs> they, they would hit Beyblade, let it rip. It was so funny. Yeah, then the show where like the monsters came out of their Beyblade or something and they're like, fine. It's so, man, that was so weird. That was so strange. I've never met somebody that did this. I'm so I'm so happy right now. I I did that. I totally did that. Oh yeah. Yo, Beyblade was legit. It was it was a closet thing. You know, whenever you have like a play date or something like that, oh, I have my Beyblade in my backpack. Oh, I have my Beyblade (laughs) in my like oh, you have the kit? Let's do it. And then it never worked. And then you had to think of something else to do. Let's play right. computer games. Yeah. Wow. That's funny. So that was your crappy, Chris? That was my crappy. How about you want to just give a happy right away? Yeah. Let's give a happy. I have to think. <laughs> That's sad. That's sad when you have to really think about your happy. Uh-huh. But then your crappy comes like so easy. That's why yeah. I write it down. <laughs> So I can prepare for these moments, you know, because I, like, I think of the happy, the, cra- the crappy first. 
Yeah, but that's like yeah. that's just a natural way of things. Like we, it's so easy to focus on the negative, negative. and you really have to try to like yeah. look at the positive and a perspective. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess the happy. So um, we did go out to eat last night, um, my wife and I, for the first time in some time. It's probably been like almost a year now, mm-hmm. um, where we sat down at a restaurant um, with some friends, some local friends, and. Um, that was really cool. Um, really enjoyed that. It was very strange. I think a lot of people had a lot to say, so it was very loud because, you know, not everyone's talked to each other. So yeah. it was just like, but like that was good. It was great. Um, you know, so that was really nice. Um, I think a lot of people, too, are trying to figure out, like, okay, like where, where to be last, you know, talk. Uh, like, oh, like this that has happened it's like when the last time we talked it's probably been about like six months it's like oh gosh so much has happened in six months so it was nice it was really nice to catch up and like go out to eat mm-hmm. and kind of feel i guess you know if you want to call it normal for a little bit so um that was really solid so looking forward to more of those and just going out to eat you know it's like such a privilege now it seems like you know yeah, yeah, definitely. just be able what to what type of restaurant that. did you guys uh in in encounter Oh, seafood. We went to a seafood place. Oh, nice. so got nice. your got your red lobster. Uh, you know, I've been to it wasn't red lobster. I've been to red lobster once and I really wasn't impressed, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like Olive Garden, you know, Cl- Olive clearly Garden. Clearly you had no bread there that day. I don't I don't even remember. It was so long ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So long ago. I have to admit like where we grew up, red lobster was like it was like the fancy restaurant. <laughs> really? Yeah, we used. To, we used to, I saw. I literally, it's like ingrained within me to think that red lobster is like, like a high end. Like, <laughs> we don't. We would only go there for like people's anniversaries or something. Like, <laughs> gotcha. I guess if you live, yeah, really, like in the country, yeah. that's like you know considered. Where are your local joints? <laughs> you know. Yeah. 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 But uh, cool. Yeah, I think that was the one thing I missed over. Um, you know, in the COVID world was going out to eat with people. That's mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. having yeah. a drink, drink with the boys, you know, cracking yeah. open a cold one. Yeah. Crack cold one with the boys. Yeah. Okay. Joe, do you want to go? I will absolutely go. What do you want me to do? Tell, tell me, please tell me. What do I do? Okay, man. Do I don't know what to do. Whatever you, <laughs> whatever you want. Whatever you want to do. That was almost like an ASMR thing, Josh. Whatever you want to, whatever you want to do. No, that's not, no. <laughs> Yo, he does this to torture me. I hate it. Does it? <laughs> I freaking hate it, man. I hate it. So what, you hate ASMR or you just hate when, when Joe does No, he, he, hates boy, he hates boyfriend ASMR the, or the oh. girlfriend. Remember a couple episodes ago? I hate it all, man. I, I can't say it. <laughs> Mama loves you, Harry. Oh, Mama stop, loves you, stop, Harry. Stop. Oh, stop, yeah. Stop. No, it is really strange. It does make me feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like I said, like a couple, like, weird people happen to like it on the certain corner of the internet just like you know they might I think like, a lot of people do they might it's, like they yeah. might like like sleeping in their, in their own sweat like the, weird people like that maybe yeah <laughs> i'm anyway, not one of those people so. anyway i'm stalling i'm stalling i gotta talk yes, about sir. uh I'll, I'll talk about uh crappy yeah uh so a few days ago i <laughs> i got a whole host of warning lights on my car including the check engine light uh, driving down the highway of all places because it always happens on the highway. But luckily, I was only about a few miles away from my apartment. So continued on, took it to the dealership the next day. 
so apparently mice, it's, it's this time of year, mice came into the engine, you know, because it was warm and it's still cold at night. So, and they saw a bunch of wires, you know, a jubilee, a cornucopia, a quiver of wires, because <laughs> all wires have like soy-based like stuff around uh, like the wiring. Soy uh, so, so, yes, and wow, it, that, that attracts them. Uh, that's wow. what new cars are made of these days. And so they made a nest around there, keep warm right near the engine. Uh, cause it still is even after you turn it off, of course. So I got a loaner car for that time, um, filed a claim with my insurance and, you know, I only got to pay about a hundred bucks. So it's all good, but you know, had to deal with, you know, the stress of those lights. It's all fine. The car was fine. So I got to count myself lucky. Yeah. That's crazy. Wait, your insurance covered it though? For the most part. I wow. think I only had to pay about a hundred bucks. It was wow. it was about like six hundred thirty in total. Okay. Gotcha. So what do you use for insurance? I use, use the oh uh, what what policy what uh, yeah, like company? What, what company? Progressive. Oh. Okay, cool. Are, are they sponsoring us? Are they sponsoring the podcast? Oh, I wish. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll, put it, I'll, I'll put it in the tags. Flo just appears. Sponsored by. <laughs> yeah. She just shows up. She's like in this with, with like a fleece blanket. <laughs> <laughs> and she does ASMR. It's, a, it's, it, it's, a, <laughs> it's a blue fleece blanket, just like progressive colors, you know? I, I love it. I planned this, you know? This nice. thing's just one giant ad, basically, what? What this whole thing is. I'll put in the tags for the the video, so I'll just sell out soon. <laughs> just selling out. Uh, happy, boom. Uh, what happened? Uh, basically, last week, every single night, like I went to bed like really, really late, just because there was a lot of other plans. You know, there was worship. There was worship team practice for. Uh, that was one thing I had to stay up a little bit longer for that. Plus a lot of other stuff. You know, just editing for the podcast uh previously it, i had a lot of stuff to do beforehand kind of got in the way but this week i had more nights free compared to last week uh, and i was able to fill a lot more time for personal guitar time uh which is good um yeah just a lot more downtime post work which i really really appreciate yeah solid Josh, Josh, ASMR, Josh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Joe, what are, what are you working on for like personal guitar stuff? What were you yeah. Uh, I need to brush up on my scales, really trying to get more into the modes because always that had been a daunting task. Yeah. I brought my fellow te- Fender, fe- feller, my Fender Telecaster home, uh, which it's just that type of guitar. It was the first ever solid body electric guitar. There's a reason like, there's a formula to it and if it ain't broke don't fix it it's the type of Mm -hmm. guitar that uh, a lot of people don't understand a five-way switch like who are just casual guitar players but i love love them though yeah because it's it's got three pickups which Mm -hmm. is cool Mm -hmm. uh it's the type of guitar where it's just so tough and mean and um but not mean on the fingers you know it's a bad boy it's 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 a type of guitar you know after you play it it'll drive you home you know Literally, <laughs> drive you home. <laughs> yep, yep. It no, takes cool. it takes care of you. Nice, that's Very solid. Cool. That's like one of the last ones on my list that I want. I don't don't have one yet. One on a telecaster. <clears throat> they they we... make one that's like a semi hollow that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with the with a nice humbucker. 
Do you want a humbucker on it, or you want just single yeah, folios? I, I do want a humbucker. Yeah, I, I just love the thickness, the clear, the beautiful, like mm, mm. juicy. I, I don't even know what all these words are. Humbucker, mo, whatever. I'm just an acoustic <laughs> guitar player, guys. Listen, this electric <laughs> stuff is not in my wheelhouse. <laughs> That's what makes you relatable. That's why we have you here. No, I don't, I don't know. Um, I have no idea. Uh, no. What a bunch of like, I have. I, I don't know how to play drums um i have no rhythm other than on electric when somebody puts me in front of a drum set i don't know where listen I am. everybody's got rhythm joe you got rhythm man you got a heartbeat right it's mm-hmm. pumping away you got you got beat you got soul you got rhythm yeah but chris the thing <laughs> is when i have you in the room my heartbeat skips so whoa <laughs> you know listen listen man i'm married so, <laughs> <laughs> so i got no rhythm <laughs> it's it's a very jazzy rhythm at this moment in time you know it's just so it, it just flutters you know flutters yeah that's cool though yo but i actually have been looking into getting an electric guitar possibly mm-hmm. but they're expensive <laughs> you know? if you want to get like a decent one right i don't want to get i want to get like all right something like pretty solid but like man i just don't you know i have like we have three acoustic guitars i'm like do i really need an electric you know i don't know yeah yeah, I feel you. I feel you there. But if I was still working at Guitar Center, I'd give you my uh, my discount. Man, and more. That's the one thing I miss from working there. Wah wah wah. Wah wah wah. Okay, so no uh, sponsor from in. Guitar Center. <laughs> Never. Oh <my> God. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. At least I can do mine. I'll start with my my crappy, I guess. So it's really just we're still waiting on our home. Um, like I kind of said to the guys before the video is we're clear to close but the sellers are really dragging their feet making it kind of work for us so hopefully by the end of this month we'll own a home be moving in yeah be moving in hopefully all right just see what happens well we have to like our our stuff expires by uh june 1st so Mm -hmm. um happy claire and i my wife and i (laughs) went for a really nice walk Last night, we talked for like a good hour about all kinds of things. Just walking around the neighborhood. It was very fruitful. It's a good mm. conversation. Just about like life now and life in the future and all oh, that's going on, you know. Love it. Yeah, that's it's good awesome. Stuff. Deep yeah. into, the, into the heart. It's good. Sorry about all the screaming. There's children right outside my window that are yelling. <laughs> children, man. Really. Ah. The future is inevitable, but let's travel back in time. May 19th, 19- May 19th, 1999. Okay. Star Wars Episode 1 was released. The prequel era began. It began. The first one. And boy, I guess it's okay. It did it too well. I forget how well it did in the, the box office. Well, it general. actually did a like it's one of the like highest well, right? one of the yeah. highest grossing mm-hmm. movies of all time, especially its opening weekend. It was like uh twenty eight point five million opening day. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. I mean, people were super excited because it was what, like when did Return of the Jedi come out? It was like eighty three. Eighty three. Yes, you know, a long a time ago. Sixteen years. In, in a galaxy years. far, far away. Yeah, yeah. I know people that when you talk to people that actually want to go see 
right, the first premiere of the Star Wars, they said it was like a huge deal. I mean, like, people dressed up, like, the lines were crazy. Long. Are you talking about the original Star Wars? Right, when they went to go yeah. see, yeah, like, like the whatever. I mean, At just, the Chinese theater, that was, like, the first play. Yeah, George didn't even, he day. thought his movie was going to flop. Yeah, it's crazy. Did really well, did yeah. really well. Yeah, which makes sense because I think it, you know, it had enough time where the 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 hype was growing and growing and growing, and then their marketing yeah, and he and announced the games this, that came out yeah. and all this stuff, yeah. and then it was just like that the peak of this. He was like, "Yo, we're making making the prequels." Yeah, he so announced that like, movie in like 1994, like five years before. So all this five years of hype he created yeah, on top yeah. of that. Yeah, on top of what you know the mm-hmm. past had shown. Yeah. And what is everyone's opinion on this movie? What do you guys think? <laughs> You know, I got all my... Chris, go go ahead. I, I might go off on a tangent. We'll see how it goes. So, are we just talking Star Wars in general? Are we talking about this movie specifically? Yeah, episode specifically, 1. So episode one, The Phantom yeah. Menace. If you've ever seen it. Yeah, you know, Phantom Menace gets a lot of heat, you know, for, like, nice. not being a good movie. And honestly, mm-hmm. it's not really memorable, I feel like. You know, I don't really remember. It's because, actually, it I just a... watched all the Star Wars. It might have been, like, a couple months ago. Nice. Um... Or it might have even been longer than during that. quarantine, like, right? Yeah, it was like quarantine time. Actually, I think it was actually one during legit quarantine. Yeah, they, like, they, right, they aired that all the time. Yeah, it's like, what do we do? So we're like, <laughs> I don't know. Reruns. Let's just watch the stars. And we had the longest debate of figuring out, well, how should we watch them, right? Mm-hmm. That was another hard thing. But yeah, because um, I'm trying to even remember the Phantom Menace. I can't even, like, it's not even coming to me. So, um, so it was with Darth Maul, with Darth Maul fight at the end. And when oh, Anakin, Anakin was in oh, okay, yeah, yo, that Darth Maul fight was pretty cool though. Like, not gonna lie, my, like, that my was, favorite, my favorite. Yeah, that's a solid fight. He was a solid villain that didn't last very long. That mm-hmm. when I do think of Star Wars, I do remember him. Mm-hmm. So, like, that part was definitely good. The other stuff, I honestly don't remember. You know? Yeah, I feel like between Jar Jar Binks and politics, it was pretty, pretty mm-hmm. painful. But yeah, I feel like it's a build up to that end scene. Like that fight scene is great, and I, I, everything before that. What they do with the forest, like the midi chlorians and all that crap. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like, a, you kind yeah. Of... I have a soft spot for Phantom Menace. This was my first ever Star Wars movie in theaters. Of course, I grew up mm-hmm. on original trilogy beforehand. Um, just by the way, uh, in a couple of weeks, Josh, uh, shilling for two weeks from now, our guest will be talking and ranking the Star Wars movies with us. Mm-hmm. So, everybody who's listening, be prepared for that. Um, cause my opinion might be different from a lot of other people. I love Phantom Menace. I, I used to hate this movie. Yeah. I liked it as a kid. I yeah. will say like when I was a kid, I liked it cause it was one of those mm-hmm. movies where we watched a lot. We had it on VHS. When we of course. Watched yeah. It over and over again. But then as I got older, I started not liking. Yeah. Um, I think the things that are bad will start with the bad things is the child actors. Cause that's the kiss of death for any movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because they had, if you look at the behind the scenes of the actors that they chose as like your final stand-ins, you had Jake Lloyd, the kid who became Anakin, Annie, uh, as Jar Jar would say, his like screech, Annie, Annie. I love Jar Jar Binks. I love Jar Jar Binks when he says that. He His screams are just... Yeah, Jar Jar is also the kiss of death for that movie. Um, he's not as bad as <laughs> was. He's not as bad. No child liked Jar Jar Binks from what I I didn't like him. I thought he was okay. Um, but I, there's a soft spot I have for him. But the other child actors that they could have chose instead of Jake Lloyd, you know, a kid that also looked like Luke Skywalker, they could have chosen him. 
they, a, a kid that looked like um, he even looked like Mark Hamill. Perfect acting, like just showed like a bunch of range, and they didn't choose him. Right. I'll say too, Natalie Portman was not good in that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah she, Robotic said, acting, like everything yeah. she said was just like, "That's right." <laughs> <laughs> Just one phase, all y'all, y'all. My, fa- my favorite robotic line from I'm grateful for your concern, Chancellor. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. I think I think they did that. Be, like she was very influenced by, or George Lucas rather, he was very influenced by you know Asian culture because a lot of that regal, uh, that headdress that she was wearing, um, and you know just being stoic and her her makeup, very very much influenced by Asian culture. Um, what is it called? Like the Geishas or something like the that? The Geishas, yes. The Geishas. Yeah. Wow. Um, but of course, yeah, Asian, the, Asian uh, knowledge. The fight, yeah, the fight scene. time to use it. The fight scene was the greatest of all time. Yeah. Uh, when I first watched the movie. I, I, I love Liam Neeson. He's like, oh, he's like he was also good too. You know? uh, he's my favorite Jedi. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, who when doesn't I, like Liam Neeson? He's like, he's the best. He's the best. I got a history one for you. Anne Boleyn, the second wife of Henry VIII, was executed. How, how many wives did you have total? Remember we talked about this, Josh? How many did you guess? Six. Yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, six wives. wives. This is his second wife. Uh, so a little bit of backstory. She was, you know, a maid for Henry's first wife, Catherine of Aragon. Um, but Henry became, you know, infatuated with Anne. Um, Anne coming in with those good looks. Uh, <laughs> no, the excellent maid service. <laughs> My God. Clean that mantle really well. And does it again. And does this it again. Floor has never been so <laughs> um, But once Henry was just like, I don't want to be with Catherine anymore. The Catholic Church refused to accept his annulment for that marriage. So Henry was like, I'm not Catholic no more. And so he broke off. I'm going to make my book. own. Yeah, the Church <laughs> of England. <laughs> So what did Anne do? Or she had really no control over this. Uh, she gave birth to a first a daughter, Elizabeth I, after like so many miscarriages, three, I think, and no sons. Three years later, Henry moves on to this girl named Jane Seymour. Jane. 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 You, you, uh, you temptress, you. Arrested for high treason. Anne was found guilty in a jury, not just, like, this is the interesting thing. She was found guilty of high treason by her own uncle and her former fiancé. Beheaded a few days later in the Tower of London. What? At the Tower of London. All right, now just I feel bad for Anne. Yeah, just because he stopped loving her. Man, <laughs> that's terrible. He's, yeah. he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah, salt of the earth guy. Yeah. 1997, Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World, dropped. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen this movie? Oh, I have. Yeah. It's a giant pile of dinosaur turds. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of Jurassic Park movies. You know, I, I have try, of them, yeah. I yeah. try to get on the hype, right? I'm right. like, all right. I like the first one. I couldn't do any others. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, Here's the thing about it. that movie is just, and even the book, because there's a book based on it, just called The Lost World. Uh, it's based on the Michael Crichton books. The first one, Jurassic Park, is just the greatest of all time. Nothing can beat that. They should have just kept it at one. But the book that they made, Michael Crichton, he 
did it and he just kind of just flubbed it. He didn't really care about it. Um, mm. What's interesting about that second movie is it doesn't really combine a lot of those horror elements of the first one. It's just, mm. you know, run away from dinosaur, get to the next objective, run away from dinosaur. Because the dinosaur lands in like Los An- San Francisco or whatever in the end of the movie and just starts like eating people. Like, <laughs> how did he get there? <laughs> it doesn't matter. You it's just so have to stupid. use your imagination. <laughs> like a giant, t- a giant T-Rex. Yeah, it's um, not good. Yeah, I there do are like good Goldblum, moments. Though. Good moments in that movie. Right. Yeah, like the uh, the bus, the the trailer. You know that. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. with the, the mom yeah. and dad T Rex. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah. You know, I really like. I mean, anytime I think of Jurassic Jurassic Park movies or whatever, I always remember the theme song because there's a French horn in the beginning. It's so good. It's so good. That French horn kills it. I'm like, yeah, nice. Definitely. That's one thing I'll say about quarantine is we got hardcore into film scores. Claire and mm-hmm. I did. So they have been listening to the John Williams on repeat. It's like awesome. The last time I was there, Josh, over the winter, you guys were like listening to like a bunch of that's right. movie Avengers soundtracks. And, yeah, we've been really into that. Yeah, that, that's good for good. baby Eli. Yeah. Give, give him some culture. The boy. Mm-hmm. Instead of just listening to Sesame Street music. <laughs> <laughs> on repeat. That can, that can get old. <laughs> Um, May nineteenth, nineteen sixty-two. They got more. Yeah, oh, I, man, I, I, I'm going uh, dropping that fire. Marilyn Monroe sang a sultry. Oh, is this the happy birthday version mm. of Happy Birthday to Woo. President JFK? Happy birthday in Madison Square Garden. Mr. President, and apparent, apparent, <laughs> apparently, like the dress that was designed for her was from far away to make make her look like illuminated and naked um so a lot of people were just like this is disgusting like all these older older folks um so she sang happy birthday um and at the time you know while she was singing this she was only going to be alive for three more months um at the Mm -hmm. time she was having like severe emotional issues you know husband was dealing with gallbladder surgery was in some psych hospital um and her most recent film was, you know, bombed at the box office. So the main question that we're all thinking in our heads, did they have an affair? Do, 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 do. Yeah, On Dateline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tonight at 9 p.m. <laughs> what have you guys known about the this affair? I've, this I've this en- entanglement of sorts? I've heard about it. Because there's all this other stuff with the other Kennedys, too. Because wasn't there something with like Robert or one of the, the brothers and her as well? I have no clue about Robert. Yeah, there was like something there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's only yeah. one photo that has surfaced a couple, like a, a few moments after the Madison Square Garden happy birthday. It's her and JFK were together. Same with Robert in the photo. So it's very well possible. Um, but uh, as far as an affair, me looking this up before, I don't think so. Maybe it's just more of an encounter. Mm, I would agree with that. Yeah, I feel like I, you know, because there were, the there were, level. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. May, maybe if had circumstances been different, but you know, I think they they just had a few <laughs> a few a few uh, months before they were at Bing Crosby's home in Palm Springs in March before May. Because obviously March is before May. Uh, <laughs> that is, that is, that is true. I don't, I, don't, I don't know why I said you know that. that. Uh, so yeah, they, 
if anything, uh, there could have been an, an encounter there, but we'll never know. Yeah, who knows? And also May 19th, 2005, Revenge of the Sith came out. Really? Another another Star Wars, yeah. Wow. I saw it that opening day. Yeah, it was great. I didn't I didn't see that in my research. <laughs> Crazy. Entertainment. Where's the entertainment guys? What do you do for work? What do I do for work? Yeah. To explain that. Well to good people. Question is like what don't I do for work? No, just <laughs> Everyone says that, right? Um so I'm a creative arts counselor at a uh, substance abuse inpatient rehab. But I specialize in or focus on using music therapy and um, what I do. So my groups, individual sessions, things like that. Um, but at the same time, I'm surrounded by someone that's also an art therapist. So we do art therapy. Someone that's really good with psychodrama, so we do psychodrama. We also do creative writing, so a lot of modalities and things to help people with their substance abuse issues, trauma, mental health, uh, all of that. So there you go. Which yeah. instruments do you play? Like a lot, just so people can, you know, see what you do. I remember you mentioned drums before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I could just play the drums the rest of my life at all times, that would be great. Um, I love, uh, I love the drums, love rhythm. Um, you know, so like I play acoustic guitar, but I would say mm -hmm. I'd probably play more rhythm guitar, um, on the acoustic guitar, probably because just because I come from a percussion background. So, um, so yeah. And then, you know, other fun things on the side, ukulele, banjo, whatever things to keep you interested when you're getting bored with those kinds of things. Um, even piano, um, I feel like piano is like a staple instrument that, you know, you should at least know a little bit about if you want to get into the music world because there's so much you can do with that. It's so versatile. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. definitely. That's great. So what does kind of like a regular session look like? Like, like the, the, what is it? Do you guys like play certain songs? Do you do different things? Like do they kind of go off with like the groups? Is everyone just like sitting with you? Kind of like how does a typical session look? Yeah, so if it's like if we're doing like a like a group session, say, um, most of the time they can be pretty long. They're like two hours. Um, so we have a ton of drums. Very blessed to have those, like tabanos, djembes, all that. So we'll do a drum circle, which is great. Um, so that's pretty standard. Other times we'll you know we'll all be in the same room. Um, we'll do some song discussions, so we might throw up something by Eminem or something like that. Everyone's got the lyrics in front of them. We listen to the song, and they, you know, people kind of pick out what they relate to, what stands out to them, what does that mean to them. Um, so, and then other times we'll do some like simple songwriting, uh, which I love to use the blues for on mm. the acoustic guitar. Very standard. Everyone can kind of relate to that. Um, so we'll all be in the same room. We'll kind of have a template where they can kind of just fill in the blanks, something really simple, like non-threatening, you know, it's not too intense. Um, so we'll do some songwriting with that. Sometimes I break off in groups to do songwriting. So there's a lot of different stuff. I mean, try to keep it interesting, try to keep it engaging, um, you know, do what we can do to, you know, help people feel comfortable, but mm. also step kind of outside their comfort zone a little bit. Mm. Nice. Could you share like a success story in your mind uh, without specifics, obviously uh, that really inspired you um, as a music therapist or 
as a creative arts counselor. Man, that's a hard one. So, you know, I guess I could say I've been doing like music therapy professionally now, probably for is it's we're in twenty twenty one already. So like five years. So um doesn't seem that long, but um and I I think most of like the success stories um I guess I really attribute to when I was like first starting out or even when I was still in school. Um, doing my internship practicum and all that stuff Um, because like that was like my entire focus was into like you know do I want to do this how does this work like is this working how does it help people Um, and I really opened up my eyes to that and then you know there's a few clients that I worked with who really connected to the music connected with me we connected to each other and I think when there's like that connection Mm -hmm. in that moment with the music you know, with whoever's been sitting in front of you, you know, with each other. Um, that's like huge. That's like what I strive for. You know, mm-hmm. people can like feel connected, grounded. They're like mindful. They're experiencing what's going on. Like those moments, which I've had before, like those are the best, man. Those are like super solid, you know. Um, and, you know, we're like playing a song. Someone's playing a drum. You're playing guitar and like you're matching each other so like if i get louder they get louder and softer yeah that's mm-hmm. so cool that's like that's probably the best <laughs> nice no, that's great that's great yeah it's good stuff so how do you find like uh let's see i can word this well because obviously music has like an incredible impact on people now do you find that like there's a certain area that kind of has a bigger impact like people tend to be more like they respond well to like do they like the drum circle stuff do they like like specific types of music i mean obviously they're probably connected to something um do you find that there's like one thing that like really like every time that like you're excited about this part and people respond well to this and they really come alive like during these moments oh solid question yeah so I mean, with the individual I work with now, so people struggling with, like, substance abuse issues and things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's really good to, like, focus on their preferences. So, like, anybody, right? Like, you know, yeah. you're going to want to engage or participate in music that you like to do. Um, you know, if you're not, like, the biggest fan of, like, polka, and, you know, we're, like, doing polka or something like polka. that, or just, like, <laughs> some weird, you know, like strange music or something that's just like ah, i don't really i'm not into this it's gonna be immediately sh- you're gonna immediately shut down and just shut off and be like this, this isn't my thing it's even without even knowing what we're doing it's right, just like right. this doesn't sound good to me i can't relate to this i've never listened to this kind of music not my thing done right, right. um so obviously it's really huge to hit on the preferences and what they like and what you want to listen to yeah, and I guess that all requires like relationship building with them right or- right right so that's like and you're meeting them where they are so like you know um like well i like this kind of music i like this band i like these songs like okay great let's do something with that like that sounds great let's make it work um because i immediately get them interested um and even for myself i mean i don't you know i'm pretty open to all different kinds of music um you know but if i'm just going to be doing some type of activity or something music related and um yeah for example like polka if i'm just like doing something with like polka all the time 24 7 i'm gonna be like well you know this is not really my particular jam at all moments of time i appreciate it it's good but eventually i'm gonna be like yeah this is not my thing you know so mm-hmm. good just to uh 
meet people where they are, what they like, what they like to do, what they like to yeah, listen definitely. to. Definitely. I feel like music is so personal too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like we all have that one group or that one like song that we just love and that we have a connection with because we, we see ourselves in like the lyrics. So I feel like, you know, there's something to that. And, and I really respect you and I respect like this, this, this idea. And, um, cause I think I could see that like music has such an incredible impact on, on, on people and to, you know, to, to turn that into a, like a, heal, a healing process. It's like mm -hmm. beautiful. And like, that's it, awesome. You know? Yeah. It's interesting that you say that. Cause sometimes what I run into, it's not really necessarily an issue, but people that like certain music or certain songs, um, you know, we'll just like be sharing some songs and someone will be like, like, Oh, we don't really have time to listen to your song. Maybe another time they get like really defensive. They're like, well, this is my song. Like this is my music. Like this is who I am. Like they almost so identify with the music so much mm -hmm. that just like in that minor situation, they almost like feel threatened that like, yeah. You know, like yeah. you're not letting me express myself with my song and my music. And sometimes that can be a challenge um, for some people because you know, especially with substance abuse issues, if you're like listening to music that glorifies like using right. drugs, violence or whatever, like we kind of have to like self-sabotaging. Right. You kind of got to talk about that and figure it out and be like, it's a great way to assess where they are, like what kind of music they listen to, what they relate to, um, you know, and there, of course there is ways to, you know, uh, help people live a certain lifestyle and separate themselves from that kind of music and go on a certain path. Um, but yeah, like they're listening to music that really, yeah, does self-sabotage or is like negative and influences negative moods and negative things and stuff like that. If you're listening to that over and over and over and over, obviously you're just going to like almost become that music, that lifestyle, that culture. So it can be dangerous at times and a challenge to help people kind of work through that and like see that, you know, and like how that influences their thoughts, feelings, behaviors and stuff like that. Yeah. Clearly, like relationships is one of like the main like inspire like building relationships and also having a music background too is really what inspired you into this profession. Uh, is there anything else that could have inspired you to get after this? Way way back way back when. Way back when, I feel like I'm starting a story. Once upon a time, when I was a ye little man, but no. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about when I was in high school. You know, I was like, all right, like I'm going to college. So everybody, you know, when you're going to college, you're like, all right, what do I do? What does mm -hmm. that look like? What am I going to do? So I was like, all right, just going to psychology. I don't really know. It's in mental health, brain, stuff like that. But then I actually got wins from, um, I think my mom had a friend who was in the medical field and he was like, hey, like there's this thing called music therapy your son might be interested in it. Cause at the time I was a player involved in music. I was in marching band, choir, um, sang in musicals and stuff like that. Um, so like, Oh, that's interesting. That's cool. So I'll give that a try. Um, and the reason I kind of went that route, psychology, whatever related, um, cause I kind of grew up in a family that has a lot of mental health issues and things like that. So I was like, I want to know more about that. I want to learn more about that. Um, so I ended up, you know, getting into the music therapy program, just being like, I don't really know what this is. I don't really know why I'm here, but I think I'm supposed to be here. Um, and then just kind of gave it a try and just like fell in love with it, mm -hmm. you know, and I kind of looked at it as an opportunity to be like, all right, like I am musical and things like that. You know, obviously if I just take the musician route, 
it's going to be a lot of hard work. Um, but I also want to like give back to people and be able to like use those talents and kind of like service for others in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, and music therapy just kind of made sense at the time. Mm. Um, and it just worked and it just clicked and the people in like the music therapy community and like the culture and those in the profession, they're so passionate. I mean, there's so much passion and willingness to help others and like, um, just willing to like grow as professionals and I really thrived with that. I mean, I went to so many different conferences and just seeing that community and being a part of that. I'm like, yeah, these are my people. I'm like, what's up? Let's go. So um, that really helped me kind of like keep pushing forward and, you know, continuing to kind of like, you know, seek jobs with that, mm -hmm. get some more education, combine counseling with it and just like make it, you know, more about make it better, I guess, if you <laughs> say it that way. I only see like music therapy, art therapy is our only professions that are growing in, you know, um, cause a lot of mental health issues like have never been diagnosed or addressed before. Um, and it's only growing uh, stronger, which is a very good thing as far as mental health community is concerned. Um, but still misconceptions are there uh, clearly, but are there any mis miscon misconceptions you've noticed about music therapy? Yeah. I mean, the one that I struggle with the most is, um, like, oh, like, people will be like, okay, like, you know, you're a music therapist. Um, so they kind of, I think, get this notion that, you know, well, back in the day, like, oh, you just put on CDs in a jukebox and just kind of, like, listen to music. Or yeah, yeah. you just put on music and play music, and then, you know, that's, like, what you do. So you know a lot about music, playing different music, things like that. Um, I think that's, like, the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. um, so and then I have to explain, well, you know, it's a little bit more than that. There's other things I do, you know, like other interventions. So like songwriting, mm -hmm. um, like playing music together, um, just like song discussions and using mm -hmm. song discussions compared with other things just to make it more motivating, engaging and stuff like that. Um, like I've been to school for it, mm -hmm. like there's education for that. Um, like, you know, I'm certified. Um, and then it just doesn't ta tackle like the emotional things like, you mm -hmm. know, feelings and stuff and things. That's a good component of it. You know, music can change that way, how you feel and support that and reinforce certain mm -hmm. things. Um, but at the same time, like even on one end, like the physical aspect, there's a lot of music therapists that are really into the neurological side of things. Um, and they help people with like Parkinson's, mm -hmm. people with speech issues, um, like be able to like speak better or speak well, mm -hmm. or be able to help them with their gait and walking issues to like walk better. So there's a lot of different aspects that I think people um, just kind of forget about, don't know, don't know about, you know, there's always like maybe just a lack of education. So there's some advocacy that needs to happen. But yeah, the biggest misconception is just, you know, you just put on music for people. Mm -hmm. Um, and just listen to it and that's maybe just talk about it for a little bit. So, um, that's always the biggest thing I think. I think, um, and, and you've studied this, so correct me if I'm wrong. I know that Aristotle and Plato, they talked about music therapy, or at least the beginnings of it in their writings, but also, you know, World War II and World War One, like these community musicians for, you know, soldiers, of course, encountering emotional trauma, PTSD, um, they were at first, um, played music by these community musicians and then after a while seeing like the success of that they said there's some training that should be involved in this you know we should be because we can address more people I, I don't know if like you've 
encountered uh, or heard any of that before. That's just something I did before research and this coming into this conversation. Um, there is totally a misconception that it's not just listening to music. It's playing with others. And yeah. 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 So the whole World War II thing. So yeah, that's like where music therapy picked up, right? So that's when it started becoming more of a profession. Mm-hmm. And especially with trauma so like people you know coming back from war dealing with trauma post-traumatic stress i think at the time it was called shell shock syndrome um so like music offer any type of like creative arts modality like offers an opportunity to like experience the trauma in like a different way rather than just like talking about it you know like because like talking about it um can be particularly maybe like a little bit more threatening but like music kind of provides like a safe space for that to happen um where you don't even really need to talk about it you can just experience maybe music in some way and connect it with that experience and kind of process it better that way Um, because especially with trauma it's like when a traumatic experience happens I'm, i'm nerding out right now guys so when a traumatic experience happens right um you perceive it typically in your right brain um where all the senses take in the information, you get like an emotional experience, your brain starts starting to make sense of it. And then it heads over to more of the left brain where you start analyzing it, picking up past experiences, how does it make sense, categorizing or whatever. But like with trauma, so if you're still kind of in a traumatic state coming back from war or whatever, um, and having like those traumatic symptoms where you're always on edge, irritable, perceiving some type of threat or something like that, it's kind of locked in the right your right brain so you're still trying to emotionally process it and like figuring it out um and and, like that's always lightening up so like music can kind of touch that area of your brain um to kind of process it differently in more of a creative way with your emotions and kind of get it over to a sense where you can kind of think about it in like a more healthier way like how does this make sense to me but with the trauma it kind of blocks that it doesn't let it get to the next part where you're trying to like make more logical sense of like you know like well i'm safe right now everything's fine that was in the past that's not happening so like we're going to take a step back get to the emotional connection of like that experience so and music can kind of allow that just you know music being music so so yeah that's awesome yeah that's that's so cool yeah i was going to bring that up actually i was wondering how if it affects the brain in different places because i know with, with some people like you, you know brought up who struggle with, with, with speech is like singing is like a different aspect of the brain than just straight talking. So I know like some people who can't talk, but they can sing or they kind of have like these kind of interesting things. So that's, that's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. There's like a lot of ways music has helped people with trying to get back to some normalcy, trying to be able to, you know, speak when they have some type of speech disorder or something like that. So yeah, there's a lot of good stuff there. How does one become a music therapist? How does one become a music therapist? It's a good question. Um, So you're in high school, um, or maybe you're not in high school, uh, but you're like, all right, I want to become a music therapist. What do I do? Um, So go to school. You're going to want to go to school. So there's only certain schools, colleges, universities in the country that offer music therapy. Um, so there's like a select few. Um, most of the time it's like a four year program. If you're going an undergraduate to get your bachelor's. Um, so obviously you want to get 
that bachelor's get that education. They do have some equivalency programs, like if you already have a bachelor's and you're just going to get the um, music therapy certification, you can mm -hmm. do that. So that's an option as well. Um, so you go kind of get that education. Um, and then once you do that, there's typically like an internship that you have to do. Um, once you finish those classes, typically it's six months, um, pretty much full time. And then once you're finished that, you have to sit for the certification exam, which I would recommend studying for because I didn't and I barely passed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but once you pass that, then you get your certification. So you become a board certified music therapist. Um, you can call yourself a music therapist and you can do music therapy. Yeah. Great. Love it. it seems like a lot when I when I talk about it, but um, if you're passionate enough about it, man, it's worth it. You know, mm -hmm. definitely do it. It's time for the news. Talking about the crisis of the border, this is definitely one of the most serious undertakings of this current administration. Uh, we have, of course, large numbers of migrants crossing the U.S.-Mexico border. You know seeking refuge uh, just this last month april was the second busiest month for you know having these unaccompanied minors um after march of course a large number uh, about one uh, hundred seventy thousand, a little bit over that total encounters with um families and kids uh just in april 170,000. wow uh, so i kind of just want to get your initial thoughts on that one crazy yeah i know they've been uh fleeing this way running through so I feel, I feel that I feel that and obviously I'm just because of Biden I think that they feel like they wouldn't be I don't know maybe they feel safer or something with mm -hmm. with him as opposed to Trump yeah it's a lot of people and I don't, I don't know if this is right but I feel like I heard this somewhere that during every presidency there's always been like some influx of like people crossing the border Obviously, like right now, it's like a lot of people crossing the border. And yeah, maybe because of Biden's administration, people feel a little bit more safe and like... And comfortable get, taking get comfortable. that track. It's a possibility, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. It's, is it like, you know, it's definitely a concern, whatever way you look at it. Because like, man, that's a lot of people coming into like one space at one time. Yeah, like you're gonna have so many issues. Yeah. How to take care of them, how to feed yeah. them, how to yeah. do whatever you need. Yeah, do we yeah. have the resources needed to really address the concerns that they have when fleeing in the first place? Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. And um, you know, you hear horror stories about children in cages and and all this stuff, so it's, it's hard to you, know, you hope that there's no like Right violations. Or, yeah. You know, when did when did these or... cages come about? When did we first start hearing about them? Oh, I don't know. I feel like back. Oh, not sure. Maybe about like something tells Months me it ago. happened also during the Obama administration, but some people blame the Trump administration. I don't know. I really don't know because obviously we're not quite near the border, um, but. At the same time, uh, we can only just do it based on hearsay. Yeah. Just the, you know, hot take articles that we read about these things. Yeah. 
but yeah. I, I feel for them though, I feel for them. I think it's a good thing, because obviously they're fleeing like horrible situations and mm -hmm. just hoping that they can find some kind of life here, and, mm -hmm. and they should, you know, they should. It's just a matter of being able to, to take care of them and all that. And if they're going into a worse situation, because clearly they want to be, um, you know, find a good job. They want to at least have a better life than they did, say, like in this case, uh, Mexico. Apparently these people, you know, a lot of single adults, uh, so just crossing the border on their own, they're expelled They once they are caught, if they are caught, rather. Um, but there's no consequence if they are expelled, so people cross a number of times. Um, and the more that they do, I'm sure that they're recognized, but sometimes they're not recognized and they're able to sneak through. Yeah, it makes you think, though, if they're coming over like, multiple times, really trying, like, so desperately to, like, get across the border. It's just like, man, like, what are they, what are they running from? Like, it must be that bad that they're mm -hmm. going to, like, keep trying and trying and trying and trying and mm -hmm. risking that and, like, trying to make it work to just have, like, some glimmer of hope that something will be different. Mm -hmm. Like, they must be, must, like, the struggle must be real. Like, it must be like their situation and circumstances must be really bad. So it does make me think like, I don't really know why so many people are coming across the border. I mean, I know there's like drug cartels and like issues with that in Mexico mm -hmm. and things like that. And I feel like, you know, a lot of behavior always comes and related to drugs and things along those lines, but their situation must be like that dire that they have to like keep trying, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. Biden seemed to allow unaccompanied kids, you know, to stay. Same with families and kids, but really like the focus of expelling people came more for like these single folks. Like they're waiving families and unaccompanied kids to stay in America, first to allow them to be processed, give them food um, at these uh, at these institutions near the border. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting because most of the... Uh, most of the focus for expelling had come from single folks. Mm. But there doesn't really seem to be too much of a consequence for them. Um, so. Yeah. This is complicated stuff. Yeah. Complicated stuff. <laughs> Man, I feel for the people that got to figure it out. Yeah, you know, yeah. politicians, whoever, like, we got all these people, got to figure out how you're going to fix this like i don't know how would you do that you know that's crazy what i heard is that during the trump administration when people especially single people had crossed the border they would bring them back to mexico um but far away from the border so as to deter them from crossing again but as we're seeing numbers have risen up quite exponentially since the year 2000 um so it seems like it didn't really deter them all that much since 2016. Hmm. Yeah. So it didn't really deter too many people from it. I read a quote from Michael Fisher. He was a previous border patrol chief uh, from like 2010 to 2015. Uh, and he was, because he's not an agency leader anymore, but he was told by other agents at that time uh, that there's, 40% more time le of sorry less time patrolling you know the wall uh and more time of these agents processing and doing meals so obvious 
more people are coming into the country because these agents have, are spending more time in these buildings versus taking a look at the at the wall. So it's only a wonder how many numbers are coming in. Yeah, crazy. That'll happen, I guess, right? Because they obviously these people need attention, and it's going to take them away from other things. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. This might seem kind of controversial, but uh, I loved my history classes in high school and uh, and stuff. And I, I read this book that came out like about 15 years ago. Uh, and this will might seem controversial, but I'm just spitting out stuff uh, at this point. So sorry if I go out on a tangent. Um, I suppose it's 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 nice to know where you're at in the political landscape because history I've learned doesn't repeat itself. It just uh, it rhymes to quote George Lucas. It's it's poetry. It rhymes. Um, he, it's important to know where we're at in the historical landscape. Cause these are historical times, especially with COVID make no mistake. Uh, like never se- encountered anything like this before. I think it's good to compare America to the Roman empire and mm-hmm. how we know, of course, Rome fell, uh, why did it fall? And a lot of people would say, easy, invasion. Um, but they were able to fend off all these people uh, centuries before. And some say Christianity conversion robbed people of their fighting spirit, which is just a load of, it's just idiotic. <laughs> I, I don't think Christianity robbed people of their fight, fighting spirit. I think uh, this book that I read by, his name was... Um, I'm looking at my bookcase right now. I'm trying to look for it right now. We just edited this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Peter Heather. Peter Heather was his name. Uh, he, he came out with a book about his own theory. And this is intriguing. He argues that Rome fell because of immigration. Hmm. Uh, these Germanic tribes that came from the north, um, they at first, like in the first and fifth century, they traded with Rome and everything was aces. Um, and these people also sought refuge from Rome too. And people of course were let in, they were immigrants. Um, but in the past, uh, then people still immigrated to Rome under certain conditions. They had to assimilate, you know, not be secluded in their own sections of Rome, of the empire. They had to, you know, spread across, meet new people, I suppose. Um, and his theory goes along the lines of saying that these Germanic tribes, um, after a while, what happened to my phone? Siri just picked up like Germanic tribes and was just, and it was like, and they searched up Germanic tribes, whatever. Uh, like EDM starts playing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> German techno. Um, <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Um, but Ger- <laughs> Germanic <Somebody>. tribes. <laughs> <laughs> all these notifications they're listening to you um yeah so they had to assimilate um they had to assimilate and after a while after like fifth century rome left at times like a lot of their troops were in different areas persia came back up again they left the west open so all these um germanic tribes were just let in they were just let in because they were trying to like escape you know the huns um which rome could you know fight off uh, at first, uh, but these Germanic tribes, they 
retain when they were just let in willy-nilly they were they retained their cultural and political identities you know and they eventually just combined and the romans couldn't overcome them and that's how rome ended right Um, i'm just like running through history in my mind right now yeah, trying to remember what year that was yeah i'm like uh... (laughs) i think it was 543 i think i think i'm i'm Something like what year we learned it? No, Um, 458. 458, I think. Wow, it's late. I didn't realize the times already. (laughs) (laughs) Like, geez, talking for a while. Yeah, well, I guess there's there's something to that, though, right? I mean, sure, but I feel like in our circumstance, in our case, just because we're democratic, I feel like different, you know, varying opinions and thoughts and different nationalities kind of make Mm -hmm. it make it kind of more beautiful. Make Mm -hmm. it like the purpose of it, and then something like the Roman Empire, which you know. I don't know how democratic they were in 540 or whatever. At this point, it was an empire. Um, and of course, you had about... Because they, the, they had a republic, af- right? Yeah, point. after after there were a republic before. After the first emperor, Augustus, you had a, a series of like four or five good emperors. Then you had, um, and I think Nero was one of them. Nero Cali- Caligula was one crazy. of them. Uh, yeah. And he was awful, uh, really detestful. But you had a series of about 200 years of civil war and which combined to the falling of Rome. So it's not just immigration that could have contributed to that guy's theory. Um, But you had a series of emperors that just did their own thing. Did their own thing. Yeah. Yeah, And and tried tried to keep, keep this, this, you know, that's the thing with, with with those circumstances is you need everyone to agree with you and you need your subjects to agree with you too. And then in in that kind of climate and that sort Mm -hmm. of, you know, as opposed to just voting in a new person. So it's it's the fall of the empire because now we have these people, you know, the Germanic tribes coming in from different, different, you know, backgrounds, different locations, different Mm -hmm. ways of living. Then all all of a sudden they kind of run the show and show them that, oh, I'm not going to be subject to these. That's interesting that that you bring that up because eventually Roman emperors were not like the emperors that were to be were not Roman anymore um because then they became more militant after that yeah and um of course of course like i said that there's still emperors but eventually what uh what was not rome anymore by definition all people in italy today um including sicily they were overrun by you know middle east gaul which is france now um it made the italian people what they are today um so i'm not talking about genetics i'm just talking about roman values (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of hairy people with dark hair <laughs> i am sicilian actually but i'm more like uh-huh. a pale sicilian um so i have other i'm, I'm a mutt i of course mm, very I, white <laughs> <laughs> one of a kind joe you're one of a kind yeah yeah well yeah well there you go so i think i think the thing with immigration is sure like it can be difficult in um in certain aspects, but I feel like for, for a country like ours, the fact that we can choose our representatives, like sure that could affect mm. who's in power, but I don't, I feel like it doesn't really affect the system that much because we have a system that's not not perfect by any means, but no. like there's things in place to, to help balance out, you know, people from having too much power, or like from, you know, destroying the system that we have in place. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things to protect it. Um, so I feel like it's, you know, putting prejudices aside and just realizing mm-hmm. that human humans are humans who need help and I'm sure they're gonna have different opinions than you because everyone does yeah um and then just loving on them regardless like that's, yeah that's america about, man that's the soul america the foundation of our country man it's the loving right. on everybody 
because we don't really see that too much nowadays but that's wow but that's a story for another time booyah booyah you've got questions you're feeling grounded so our question from thomas he says if you had to describe yourself as a favorite flavor of as a flavor of ice cream uh which flavor would that be and why that's that's an intense question it is an intense question so it's hard for me not to think of the the, my favorite favorite ice cream kind right right it's like that's where your mind goes and i really like black raspberry so i'm like well if i really like black raspberry how am i black raspberry well black right you know it's like dark in color right so it's kind of like I always I feel like I always wear dark clothing. I'm black. Dark color, yeah. <laughs> and it's got like a sweet, savory, creamy sense, you know. And I'm like a which, sweet which savory and creamy. Yeah, savory. <laughs> very savory that makes and sense. creamy. <laughs> yeah. Like, Therefore, black raspberry. <laughs> that was funny. Nice. I feel like mine is like torn between two. It's like I love chocolate chip cookie dough and I love mint chocolate chip. Mm. I'm not sure. I guess if I'm more green, they're like green tea guys. Yeah. And chocolate chip, she's a green. You could have said pistachio. You know, pistachio is also very green. That's true. I'm not really a big fan of pistachio, to be completely honest. Yeah. <sighs> but I am filled with cookies a lot, so maybe cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be right. Joe. Okay. I've got uh, just right now. At this moment in time, my personality is cake batter ice cream because I'm always celebrating, you know. Mm. Um, and plus, I'm also pretty sweet too. I don't always, I don't really like cake, but having it in an ice cream format with that extra layer of sweetness, I think that pretty much sums up who I am. So, yeah. Okay. I love it. Always celebrating. So therefore, yeah, that's that's super (laughs) good. So we want all of you guys to do is subscribe to Feeling Grounded Podcast on YouTube, like the video, hit that notification bell if you haven't already. And we want you all also to check us out on our other platforms. Spotify is a thing. Audible is a thing. Uh, And Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. And also, since we had Thomas, shout out to Thomas for that great question. On our videos, put some questions on there. Like the video also, and just ask us a question about anything. Right, Josh? Yeah. Anything. So thank you, Tom. Anything. Literally anything. Okay. Well, Chris, thank you so much, man. Like I said, you're a legend. Wow. Yeah, this is cool. This is cool that you guys do this. Get people together. I like it. And now we just did episode eight. This is this is episode eight right here. You know? so that means like you're officially a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Right? Isn't it like episode eight that like a lot of people like the average? Yeah, usually yeah. they end after the eighth one. So if we can go to nine, <laughs> next one. Yeah, I hope people ending. watch this one then. You know? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. You got questions? You're feeling grounded. <laughs>